Welcome to the Ghouls, Ghouls, Ghouls podcast from Ghouls Magazine. My name's Zoe and I'll be your host for today. So on today's episode, we are going to be chatting about UK Horror Film Festival, Soho Horror Film Festival. The festival is put together by the amazing Mitch Harrod, who puts a lot of work into this festival. It's a London-based festival with a, I think everyone would agree, a banger of a lineup year on year. I want to give a bit of a shout out to Mitch for, I'm going to say, literally saving us during lockdown with Virtual Film Festival, plus a lot of drunken Zoom after parties, which honestly got me through having like the worst depression in lockdown. So thank you, Mitch, for <laughs> saving us um, during what was a very, very shitty period. So this year's Soho Film Festival is on this week. It's happening from Friday to Sunday. It is an in-person event, but then if you can't make that, there's also a virtual film festival running from Thursday the 17th to Sunday the 20th. On that weekend, you can catch Ghouls Magazine on Saturday the 19th at 4pm GMT. I'm going to be hosting a panel called Queens of King, which is all about Stephen King's female characters. Uh, we've got guests on, including Jen Adams, Iona Smith, Kim Morrison and Melissa Cox. But today I am joined by two very, very special people to talk about some of the films we are excited to watch at the festival. So first up, I have Caitlin Downs, who is a Ghouls magazine contributor, has an awesome film site called Scared Sheepless and has contributed contributed to various places, including a recent amazing essay in Fractured Vision's release of The Scary of 61st. Very controversial, but a great film. So, hello, Caitlin. How are you? Hello, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm still recovering from being in The Scary of 61st essay. People being like, I'm very proud of you, but I didn't like the film. <laughs> Yeah, I I got the same. A lot of people were like, hmm, not quite sure about that one. But I was like, there's a there's a lot to talk about. It's a fantastic film. So anyone listening, yes, do go and grab yourself a copy of Fraction Vision so you can read that essay and um yeah, find out what the scary of 61st is about if you haven't already heard of that highly controversial film. Next up, I have Hannah Ogilvie, who is also a Ghouls Magazine contributor and has guested on lots of amazing podcasts such as Fishnets and Philosophy and more. So hello, Hannah. How are you today? Hi, Zoe. Yeah, I'm really good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to talk about Soho Film Fest because... I don't know about both you, but I've been a couple of times before and it's one of my, I think probably my favourite film festival for many, many reasons. But I want to start with both of you. Have you been to Soho before? Is this your first time? Um, yeah. What, what kind of like is your experience with the festival previously? So this will be my first year. Um, and so the only reason was because when I went to Celluloid Screams last year which was my first film festival and I got to meet the lights well I got to meet Caitlin face to face I got to meet Zoe face to face and everyone was going on about oh are you going to Soho which would be like I don't know three weeks later and I was like no but it sounds like that's where the party is <laughs> and I I knew this year I needed to go because I wanted to see what you know what what a 
a festival can be done on you know a slightly smaller scale but also championing lgbtq plus voices is really important to me as well and um just that community that i felt at celluloid i think i'm going to get that like tenfold at soho and i'm i cannot wait i am so excited i need to get my film festival fixed this year i've not had it yet yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that assessment. I'd not been to the physical festival before until last year. Um, so, but obviously joined in with all of the online stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. So that was really my intro to their lineups and everything like that. So it'll be really nice to be there physically again. Mm -hmm. uh, that'll be really good. Um, and yeah, you're right, entirely about that entire community that's built around it. Um, and I think you are seeing films there that perhaps you wouldn't see in a lot of other places. We need to see these films that either we wouldn't get like a wider release or the fact that we get to see them on a big screen where they might have gone straight to like streaming. I mean, that what an opportunity. And I, I think, I mean, one of the reasons I think we must love film festivals is that sense of being with other like horror fans. And I love just like, being in a room and all of us experiencing the same thing at the same time and hearing all the oohs and ahs and ugh, I love it. And I just, I can't wait to get a bit of that. And some of the films on this lineup, I think we're going to get some of that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Mitch always does such a good job at like finding some of those like niche films and and like you both mentioned you know the fact that he's always kind of championing like diversity and inclusion at the festival like I know there's been a lot of discourse recently around like various festivals not really feeling like they're they're you know including marginalized voices and Mitch I would say like he is at the helm of film festivals like mm. actually going let's get you know queer filmmakers in there let's get female filmmakers in there let's get you know filmmakers of color in there rather than just going let's get mm -hmm. the standard like white men making movies in there which all of the film festivals do and it's so mm -hmm. nice to see and like you both said like I feel the community around it is just mm -hmm. so I mean I also went to the in-person one last year I was also incredibly hungover for that it's an ongoing thing I'm just always really drunk or hung over at every film festival but like there were so many people that we know from like the UK community of horror fans and everyone is just so nice and Mitch makes it mm -hmm. so fun and like all-encompassing and even with like a banging headache and living off like one hour sleep for three days I was like I'm still really enjoying this so I also can't wait to like be in person again and hopefully this year perhaps not be hungover but you know we'll, we'll see we'll see about that <laughs> make no promises make no promises no um, I yeah, mean I think the, th the thing with Mitch is he doesn't program anything that he's not passionate about in one way mm. or another um so I think wh when he gets up there to introduce a film you really know why it's there mm. yeah yeah, I feel like I know um I know I was talking to Mitch, I think I think it was last year before he was doing um Soho and he was like, I'm 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 super red wine drunk and I'm watching all the films and I'm loving them all and I can't choose between them. Like there's so many submissions and like I know mm. Mitch single handedly like watches every single submission, which 
I think a lot of other film festivals have like a full panel of people kind of choosing and bless Mitch he's literally watching every film and I cannot imagine how many he has to go through like it's wild like I just I mean I don't know how he does it like I really don't know how he does it (laughs) It's a machine. I, mean, <laughs> I was going to say, credit where credit's due. That's an amazing undertaking. Like, that's hundreds of hours, surely. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, I mean, hearing all of that, like, this is going to be my first time this year. Like, I already knew I'd be in safe hands, but hearing that level of commitment and vetting that has gone through it, I'm like, you know what? I know these are 15 of the best of the best that he, that he got this year. So it's going to be, it's going to be so much fun. Like I'm so excited. I can't wait. I can't wait to be with people. I just drink and watch horror. I can't wait. It's so simple. <laughs> Mitch is our God. He is our horror God. He's helping us all find <laughs> the most delicious Crazy. and depraved films out there. So on to, I guess, some of the films that we're excited for, because as we've mentioned, like there is an amazing lineup and there's the in-person festival um, and then there's also the virtual festival. There's a few different films showing at each, but there's so much that we obviously we can't talk about them all, but we are going to um, talk about a few of the ones we're really excited for. Might be a little bit of crossover when we talk about them, because I'm sure mm. we've got a few of the same, but why don't Caitlin, seeing as I see you as a bit of a Soho festival and film festival kind of guru, because I know you're at a lot of them. <laughs> oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Big shoes to fill. <laughs> Why don't you kick us off with um, kind of one of the films that you're really looking forward to seeing? Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I can do that. Uh, the first one I had on my list was Breathing Happy. Um, so this is the feature debut of Shane Brady, who a lot of people will probably know from appearances in Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead films. Um, mm-hmm. And he also plays a brilliant role in King Knight as well, if you've seen that. Um, so I think Breathing Happy is sort of centered around um, someone trying to make it to their first year of sobriety. And uh, having a challenge to that that he's then got to work through uh, and I think his sort of alliance with filmmakers like Benson and Moorhead makes me think we might be in for a similar kind of emotional journey with this yeah, yeah. is this the one set around Christmas yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. every horror movie festival has to have a Christmas movie on the lineup <laughs> at least one at least one. Last year, it was The Scariest 61st, which is a Christmas movie, obviously. Um, <laughs> I saw that. Um, for the family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chuck it on Boxing Day. Everyone will love yeah. it. Um, but yeah, this seems to be this year's Christmas um, offering as well. So like a nice early Christmas present uh, that you can enjoy with your mulled wine. Yeah. They serve mulled wine, people. They serve hot mulled wine. Oh, they actually serve it. I thought I was going to have to bring my own. Well, no, I mean, no, 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 no. You, you are entirely catered for. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I love so it. Getting into the holiday spirit yeah. with um, some, yeah, like some, it sounds deeply emotional mm-hmm. um, and uh, probably very self-reflective horror, which we all love these days. So, yeah, yeah bring it on. Absolutely. That sounds fantastic. And I and I like that, Um We'll be getting drunk whilst watching a film about trying to get to sobriety, which I was five months sober 
And then I went out and I went, fuck it, I want a margarita. And it's never tasted so good. So I feel like I'll, I might connect with that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all about moderation, isn't it? I think that's, that's the key. Exactly. <laughs> we'll moderate ourselves. And I think they, there may be some crying as well. You never know. For me, it isn't a film festival unless I've cried at, at least one thing. So, you know. Got to be done. Definitely. They might also do that. <laughs> And what about you, Hannah? What's what's one of the films that you're looking forward to? Yeah, um, so I'm looking forward to Satanic Hispanics. Um, it, I mean, it feels like oh, maybe I, maybe I'm wrong, but it does feel like a bit of a renaissance with anthology films, with obviously the VHS series, and then we've got Guillermo del Toro's latest on Netflix and the anthology uh, Cabinet of Curiosities. Correct? Yeah. Yes. And, and but this one's got um, its focus on uh, Latin-made um, uh, short short horror films, um, and there are some amazing people involved. So people uh, people involved with um, the Terrifier series, Blair Witch, and I love the Blair Witch. By the way, anything Blair Witch related on there, and so that I think you're going to get however many films for the price of one when it comes to an anthology. So I'm really interested to see how that comes through, and um, I think it'll probably feed into a lot of uh, the Hispanic lore and mythology of South America, which is always really interesting because we just don't get to see much of it, do we, really, um, in in the current uh, Hollywood sphere. So, yeah, I think that that one's got one of my picks. Yeah, Satanic Hispanics was was my pick as well because it just looks I don't know about you guys but like my attention span is fucking shit like I put a movie on 10 minutes in my brain's like shouting everywhere Mm -hmm. so lately these anthologies I'm like (laughs) it's good because you can have a little break and kind of go all right I've watched 10 minutes 20 minutes perfect um and like you said you know seeing that it's all from you know, like Latino filmmakers and it's talking mm-hmm. about, you know, stories about Latin American legends and folklore. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds super mm-hmm. cool. And the fact that we've mm-hmm. got, you know, Eduardo Sanchez, who did the Blair Witch Project is, yes. I mean, this is big. This is a big film. Like this mm. is going to be. And can we just talk about the fact that it's called Satanic Hispanics? Like how good the of a title. title. Hilarious. <laughs> Genius. It's just like I'm there. amazing. Like absolutely amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm also really looking forward to this one. Um, and and as you said as well, like anthologies are definitely getting like a resurgence. And yeah, I'm so glad because I feel like mm. for a while they just kind of died. And now it's like, yeah. bam, have it back. Yeah, yeah I, I think it, there's something so um, old school about it. It's some it's something like, you know, kind of getting around a campfire and telling ghost, so- ghost stories about it. It feels quite like primal in a sense um and what like a showcase for like amazing filmmakers filmmakers we know and filmmakers we probably don't know um and they all get to go together and uh I'm really excited to see what each one brings and I just want to be scared I want there to be some really freaky shit in there I really hope there is I've seen Satanic Hispanics. Um, oh God! <laughs> and I, now, perhaps I'm I'm the wrong person to ask about this because I you can ask anybody that I'm sat near. I jump at everything, any mm-hmm. slight loud noise. I am up in the air. It's what I do. But there's a scare in one of the segments of Satanic Hispanics that I think took one or two years off my life. Oh, oh damn! Oh my God! Oh God! <laughs> 
It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. We're going to have fun. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm excited now. Ooh, like, we need scary. Really excited. Yeah, you've got to yeah. guess. You've, you've got to guess which one now, though. You've got to be afterwards and be like, "Oh, it was that one." <laughs> I'm still at the edge of my seat now. Just like, when is it? When is it? When is it? Yeah. Oh yes. Oh great. And that's like that's going to be brilliant. I love a jump scare in an audience like that as well because um, I was talking to a friend over the weekend that like the breaking of tension with the jump scare, and it's like that initial. <gasps> And then everyone laughs because yeah. everyone's a bit embarrassed. And like that is just such a sweet moment of like human connection. And I, yeah, I, I want that. <laughs> You're going to get it. Come sit next to me and I will regularly yeah, yeah. throw things in the air. And, <laughs> and Naomi, who I go to these things with, she, she will sit next to me and she's unmoved by anything. Like the loudest <laughs> thing is happening. She's just like, whatever. I'm <laughs> <And> I'm, <"Ooh."> <laughs> <laughs> yeah good times <laughs> well because we had um the same one hannah i've i'm gonna go for mm-hmm. one of my slight backups which i haven't got full notes on um purely because i'm off at making notes nowadays but one of my backup films that i'm very very excited to see is um the latent image and the reason i'm so excited is because it is starring none other than one of my favorite people in the world joshua mm-hmm. tonks I cannot wait to see him on the big screen and just be like, I know him. I know Josh. Like, he's a nice guy. Um, I know that the film, I've heard that it's kind of like a little bit Stephen Esky, uh, Stephen Esky, Stephen King Esky. Um, I knew who you meant. Yeah. Right? You guys knew. I mean, who else would I be talking about? Just random Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> so he's i believe uh i believe josh plays a writer in a cabin in the middle of the woods writing a novel and shit goes down which to be honest like for me i don't need to know much more than that like that i was like mm. it's got josh cabin in the woods bit stephen king boom sounds good sounds amazing mm-hmm. yeah totally I, that's i think that's like on the middle of my list and it just like you say it's a it's a, it's a great horror setup like yeah that's all I need to know <laughs> and we'll be there yeah I also had that one as well so it's bingo for uh, the latent image <laughs> <laughs> wow there we go if people are not going to check out the latent image then they yeah. are idiots because it's on all of our lists <laughs> so then Caitlin what would be next from you um I also chose masking threshold because I mm. feel like it's one that I've hewed sort of turn up consistently throughout the year but haven't got around to seeing it anywhere um and it's sort of centered around someone who is suffering from tinnitus um and is trying to kind of cure himself through a various different experiments and i'm kind of fascinated by that because it's making me believe that we're in for some kind of play with sound um mm-hmm. and everything like that which is always interesting you know i think film can be so visual but you can also do such interesting stuff with sound and why not choose something that exploits that so uh yeah i'm really looking forward to that i have actually i've missed that one completely like i've seen it on the list but i haven't haven't heard anything about it at all um and like you said kind of talking about like the sound thing it's making me think it might go down the route of something like um what was it called? Barbarian Sound Studio? Yes. Yeah. 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 Which was That's very what I was audio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and 
sort of it does seem one of the darker entries on the list as mm. well which is always you know it's it's a good time for people who want to have a bad time you know <laughs> yeah it sounds like it's gonna be like nightmare asmr <laughs> yes so yeah. and i really like asmr so maybe i'll come away going like oh maybe not anymore like, yeah. <laughs> turned off now <laughs> oh i can't i can't wait to find out our, our thoughts after that one because it sounds very, yeah. very different indeed um and what about what is next up for for you hannah yeah i'm i'm liking the look of slashback um so this is a canadian film set in uh inuit indigenous town and it follows a group of uh teenage girls who i think they're going to a party and something goes wrong, like a sister gets lost. Um, and it turns out aliens have come to their village and they've got to defend their village. Um, and it's interesting because I, this morning I was listening to the latest Fresh Blood from Evolution of Horror and Becky Dark mentioned this film. And then when I was doing my research for what's actually this program, this film came up and I was like, oh, it's the, it's the same one. Oh, cool. And sh- she was really recommending it. And just reading the blurb, it sounds really cool um love love a focus on uh, teenage girls kicking ass so I'm game for that um and I think again that going back to that diversity we were talking about the fact that we've got um a film that features indigenous cast in um in Newit town I mean I don't know how many you know how many films can you say have that setting um and yeah it just sounds like a really interesting film that we might not have got to have seen if it wasn't for this festival yeah, absolutely. I think that's um, that's another of Mitch's really big strengths when it comes to programming as well, is that kind of focus on those films that maybe people don't give enough time to because they are focused around teen girls or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like there's an entire uh, midnight marathon at this festival specifically for that kind of thing so it's really nice to see that reflected in the opening film with the addition of like as you say that indigenous community and everything like that that's yeah it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun and I bet like the setting that the landscapes are just going to be so like I can I can just imagine just like snow white you know flat grounds and it's just going to look so I'm probably quite reminiscent of the thing when I think of it like that um in like isolation that snow just automatically gives us um so I think I think that's going to be a real I think it's gonna be a highlight I don't want to put too much expectations on it but I am excited (laughs) we all like to see a bit of blood on snow don't we as horror people that's that's the one yeah (laughs) yeah I didn't have um I like I'm going to see Slashback but I didn't originally have it on my list because I'm always a bit like I don't know, like teen stuff. I'm sometimes like, mm, is it going to be good? Is it going to be like two PG thirteen? You know, and I obviously like like the the very opposite end of PG thirteen. So I'm always a no. little bit dubious. <laughs> Never. Who who would have guessed? <laughs> um, and you? then I read uh, Alex Turner wrote uh, interviewed uh, the director of Slashback for Ghouls magazine recently. So I was reading through that, and I didn't realize, you know, what you're talking about, like 
like that it's all indigenous cast and um the director was talking about how she got to show it in her hometown and like the experience of being able to go like here's a film that's actually you know made for the people from that town that feels like authentic that has like the right cast and like that's so nice it must be like so amazing to be able to show that in your hometown and be like look I'm I'm giving a voice to you know perhaps a community that hasn't had that voice before and I guess again just goes back to Mitch's incredible you know programming and being like I'm picking films that actually deliver like great storylines and and as you said Hannah like Mm. who doesn't love to see teen girls kicking ass like we need more of that all the time like every film could be that to be honest (laughs) yes absolutely absolutely I think it's this idea that we see um audiences are seen as like the default white man and when you give voices to people and you actually see other people's stories come through um I mean we all know because we're women (laughs) but like we need the rest of the world kind of needs to catch up in the sense of like um not all media is for you yeah and if it's not for you that's fine it can still exist it's still allowed to exist but not only that like if you're if you're not connecting with it in some way maybe that's time for you to reflect on yourself and why you're not connecting with it why are you struggling to empathize with these characters um and I think because a certain subsection of society hasn't had to do that or isn't asked to do that very often they see it as like oh well then it's a bad film or um uh, the film has no place forgetting that there's a big wide world out there and a lot of people will see a lot of value in this film in particular because they feel represented and their voice does mean something um and we need we, I mean again I know I'm preaching to the choir but we truly <laughs> need more of these voices coming through um because diversity genuinely enriches everything we do not just art, but our lives, our our personalities, our culture, our politics, everything. So how is it bad? How is it negative? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And I guess talking of films that perhaps aren't to everyone's taste and made for everyone, I'm going to bring up... I'm going to bring up a film that I I think it might be one of the films I'm most excited for the whole year um because in all honesty like it's not been a it's been a great year for horror but probably not a great year for the more extreme side of horror um mm. which I think is probably every year because it is quite niche you know who wants to watch August Underground again and again other than like me and maybe Amber um no one really but <laughs> The film that I am most excited for, and I know that one person here might have already seen it, is, of course, uh, Megalomaniac, which is also screening with two films, two short films that look amazing, Mantis and Starfuckers. Um, They both look equally fucked up. So Megalomaniac is from director Karim. Um, I'm not even going to pronounce his surname because I'm actually going to butcher it and that's just horrible. So I'm going to post that in the show notes instead because, yeah. Uh, I've heard that it's a bit of a love letter to New French Extremity. It's set in 1997 Belgium. 
we follow someone called The Butcher, which I feel like could be a little bit of a nod to Gaspar Noé's I Stand Alone, which has The Butcher in, which I'm immediately like, yes, okay, let's go. It's Noé. It's going to be influenced. Um, He is one of Europe's most notorious serial killers. He strikes again and then he vanishes, which sounds pretty good already. However, and this is where I was like, oh, damn, his offspring, Martha and Felix, decide to take over his legacy and continue the killings and his gruesome heritage. I mean, this sounds so fucked up. And all I'm hearing is people (laughs) saying, I've had people in my DMs like, have you seen Megalomaniac? It's your shit. And I'm like, I'm going to see it and it's going to be my (laughs) shit. I know, Caitlin, (laughs) you've seen it, haven't you? I've seen it twice. Um, Damn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think it's all that extreme because I, I I think I've kind of I've got a good appetite for these things, but I'm not on your level, and <laughs> I'm like fine with it. You know what I mean? It, it. But I do think it's a brilliant study of what happens to people who grow up in violence and um, where mm-hmm. the idea of violence is never far from uh, from the surface then. Um, and I think definitely it has that influence of um, new French extremity. You can see so much of martyrs in it. Um, mm. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I don't think it's, I don't know. If I think if you go in waiting to be appalled or that you're not going to be able to handle it, I think that misses the mark a little bit. Um, but I think it's quite a, a smart film about violence and about the cycles of violence. Um, and that's what I took from it, anybody. You know, <laughs> I, I I did, when I said I was excited to see it for a third time, uh, when I was at Celluloid, someone did say to me, what the fuck is wrong with you? That was <laughs> so your mileage may vary on that. like. <laughs> but it's brilliant. Yeah, I- I um I don't know where I sit in terms of like uh like my appetite for these things I mean I think we're all a bit desensitized aren't we so but reading it reading about it I am like super in I'm like this this I, I like you mentioned like kind of that uh being born into evil and um, whether it's nature versus nurture that sounds that sounds like a really interesting um point of view um in Mitch's blurb on the website on the Soho horror film festival website um mentions about like kind of uh, the uh, the patriarchal vein that's running through these crimes as well which you know i'm always up for like you know uh, down with the patriarchy i want to see that um or you know see see the effects of that in in this film um so yeah i'm, I'm into it. I, I think i'm just gonna roll with it and just go with the ride and if it's too violent for me it's too bad that's cool uh, I know that then <laughs> it, it is a really beautiful film as well I think I don't want to undersell how beautiful it is um mm. I, and I think that helps a lot because you're mm. not looking at something that's like some of the extreme stuff is sort of very low res and sometimes mm. that's that's good it's what you want you want that kind of feel but I think with this it's it's gritty but it's got a really polished feel to it and some of the sequences are really beautiful um and the sort of whole soundscape of it as well is is really quite something uh i think i think it's great it's one of my favorites of the year oh Oh, amazing high praise excited yeah super high praise yeah i like i really like 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 super violent films that have like a bit of style to i mean 
you know I also mm. love like gritty nasty you know I rewatched August Underground literally this morning I was like so nasty and so dirty to watch and like I can't <laughs> fucking see anything that's happening I love it but like you know for me like a Serbian film is one of my favorites because mm. it's got like that glossiness to it and it's kind of yeah. like I think in a way like people get a bit uncomfortable don't they seeing like violence so hyper real that like they're like Ooh, not quite sure I want to see like 4K mm. stabbing and decapitation. So, yeah, I'm also um this year I'm bringing along my partner and I told him a little bit about the lineup and I told him about Megalomaniac and he went, oh, for fuck's sake, it's one of your nasty fucking <laughs> films, isn't it? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> so I could be single after excited. this. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. He's seen enough. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there is um, a, a trigger warning and a content warning within the film um, okay. that I'm sure Mitch will go into um, on the day, as it were. Um, so, and as well, I know that Mitch is really good about if anyone does have any concerns about the content of any film, just talk to him uh, and mm. he will fill you in as you, you know, as you need to if there's something that you need to step out to take care of yourself yeah Mitch is very good at that so yeah very looking forward to um megalomaniac and a little bit of violence so Caitlin mm. what else is on your list what else did I have oh I had um the Jessica cabin um as my last one um so there feels like in the last few years there have been quite a few films about ghosts falling in love with humans and vice versa um, and this looks to be sort of a, you know a, a new take on that which, which I'm sort of interested in because I have mixed feelings on a ghost waits I know people love it I love a lot of that film and then I don't um, <laughs> and uh, there was a film I want to say last year called Ghosting Gloria which again is about a woman who takes up a sexual relationship with a ghost um, and then has to try and kind of unpick that. So it's a really interesting sort of subject that can go lots of different ways. So I'm kind mm -hmm. of interested to see where this goes. Um, and obviously Chase Williamson is in it and he's brilliant. Um, I think the last thing I saw him in was I Blame Society, in which he's kind of playing a version of himself. So like, he's always good fun. He's always good value in these things. I I haven't heard of this one. Have you, Hannah? No, I saw it on the list, um, but I didn't know much about it at all. At all, I, I know it's about dating. Um, I didn't I didn't realize that one was one was a ghost. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I, I wonder why. Like you mentioned, how it's kind of that um, that premise is become popular. And my initial thought was because well, we call it ghosting, don't we? When like someone stopped talking to you over dating, and I'm wondering if if that that word is literally in the zeitgeist of dating and that's why these films are being produced yeah I think as well there's there's like um I I think some of them I'm on about were kind of made before the pandemic um as mm. well but I still think they've got sort of a resonance now about loneliness um mm -hmm. and about sort of people who find themselves on their own uh are just mm. trying to sort of find connections and new connections with people so I think it's a really interesting way to, to explore that um mm. in terms of 
yeah, in terms of a horror movie, it is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tend to be a little bit more gentle at times. Uh, so there's, you know, because there's room for that as well. I mean, obviously, it's a big contrast to Megalomaniac. Um, <laughs> but but it's, you need that variety. Because if you, if you sat in front of, and everything, every single film was like Megalomaniac, was that emotional pitch you'd be shattered <laughs> by the end yeah. of the day. So I think like film festival curation is such an art form in terms mm. of putting those things that work really well together and delivering them to people at the right time as well. Mm-hmm. So like not yeah. putting, you know, some really cerebral thing on really late because everybody's going to switch <laughs> off. Um, <laughs> you know, giving you something fun to go out on, bringing you in nicely and just providing something for everyone really. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do really uh, love when film festivals do some of that more, like uh, program some kind of films that are a bit more tender. Um, you know, like when we were all at Sally Lloyd Screams last year, when they had um the Old Man's Night, which I mean, I had to go for like fifteen minute walk because I was like, I'm a fucking state, but like, it's <laughs> nice to see that horror has that side of like tenderness and and kind of talks about things like loneliness and companionship whereas yeah it's not all like violence and nastiness so it'll be nice to see that kind of like element to it as well yeah agreed I think like you horror can be still looked down upon because people think of it as like schlocky slasher films or and that's not a read I love slasher films but you know the normies will say that and the horror again preaching the choir but we know that horror allows us to explore all of our emotions in in incredibly violent ways absolutely or in incredibly tender ways but using what we have you um like taken as horror properties like ghosts um and in terms of like film program program curation um you need the light in the dark to appreciate the light and to appreciate the dark yeah. So I think, yeah, if this one is one of the lighter ones, and I'm not sure where it is in the schedule, but it'll it'll be because Mitch is like, Yo, you guys all need just a little <laughs> bit of a light right now. And we'll we'll be relieved. We'll need it. Because that, you know, the dreads that horror can bring so incredibly well, you do need respite from it. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to a breather. You say that he did last year oh program um <laughs> <laughs> a, a very very harsh and I can't remember the name of it which is such a shame because it was a brilliant movie um but it was a, a German film about um two boys uh, and their kind of diverging paths and that was a harsh watch for I think a Sunday morning at 10 a.m um <laughs> we were all a bit like good morning Mitch <laughs> why would you do that to us but the quality was still really high. So you were like, yeah. I, and you needed that to be the first thing you saw almost um, because you were firing on all cylinders to follow it mm. and really get the most out of it. So I understand, mm. but it's like, God, ruin your day before it starts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You kind of got to shift into that gear pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and going back to, to the the old man's night at Sailor's Street last, last year, that was on that the Sunday morning. So yeah. what we've been drinking for three days, late <laughs> nights, we go in to the showroom cinema in Sheffield at like 11 a.m. Yeah. And we are faced with a horror te- tale of dementia. 
and life and mortality. And it's genuinely one of the best experiences of my life because I think after COVID, after not being in the cinema for so long, and I was I was weeping 10 minutes into that film. And I remember I was doing that thing where I couldn't breathe deeply because I knew if I breathed deeply, I'd go <gasps> like that. <laughs> and um, <laughs> there was, but then I was like, just keep it to myself, keep it to myself. I'm like overly emotional, get over it. And then I just heard a snuffle just in like the background. I was like, oh, we're all crying. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and I could let go. I was just like, oh my, the release, the release. And then of course, going into the women's bathroom afterwards and there was just a group of women all crying and I was like oh, thank fuck because I am a mess and again like so you had to go for your walk Kate when you cry at anything anyway so like I, do you know the weird thing is I didn't cry at that no no nothing absolutely nothing don't I don't understand it I think it was because I don't know I, I felt maybe that it was trying to make people cry and there's something something about me being contrary in the back of my mind just went, well, now I am not doing it. And so I was, not been to you, film. <laughs> yeah, whereas any, anything else, anything else, like post office adverts, I'm gone, flash mob dances, absolutely in bits. That, everybody else sobbing around me, I'm like, don't get it. <laughs> no. I love it. I, 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 I love weird. that. It was only me, and I think, one other person at Telluloid who were like, I mean, it was a good film, but it didn't, it didn't hit me. But okay, I'm glad it got everybody else for a change. <laughs> I, I am shocked wow. by that, but you know, like, Caitlin, you, yeah. you're you're entitled. You're in sorry, dead yeah. inside. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say it because you know it might be. No, a no, <laughs> absolutely dead. <laughs> Hannah, what is the the last film on your list that you're looking forward to seeing? Yes, uh, it's Cult Hero. Um, so this is a Canadian film, and it's about this married couple, and the husband goes away to like a wellness centre. I think maybe to like either help himself in his marriage or help himself be a better man. Not really sure. Um, and. Uh, the wife loses contact with him and believes that he's been indoctrinated into a cult and she gets um, the help of some kind of cult hunter who his task is to go in and break people out of cults. And it sounds like a romp. It sounds really fun. I love a cult. Zoe, we spoke about the invitation. We love yeah. cults. Cults are and I w- Cults are great. Um, no, they're not great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm bringing endorsement from Ghost Magazine. Cool. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like uh, as a source material is great. Like it's a great premise. Um, and um, the, the the poster looks like proper eighties and um, like floating heads, and then like it's like drawn, just kind of like that kind of 80s, 70s, 80s style movie poster, um, the cult heroes in neon, like it just sounds, I mean, it looks, it sounds like so much fun. So yeah, that is one of my topics or t- topics that you pick. Isn't that the closing film as well? Is it? It's, oh yeah, it's, it's the last on the list, but I didn't know whether the, does the think, list on the website go in schedule? I think it might. I think it might. In yeah, which case, it, it sounds like it's perfect. Yeah. Like closing film fodder, send everyone home, like a little bit excited. Well, after the, the after party. party. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, I yeah, think it I is think the closing that, film. That is the last one. Ah, oh, I think we're in for a good one then. I think that looks like really fun. Yeah, I, there's something all like like as we were saying, like there's something fun about cults. Like obviously they're super messed yeah. up, but. I don't know like I I get so intrigued by them I'm like what's it like to be in a cult like I'm reading a book at the moment called um bunny and it's about uh I'd highly recommend it actually it's about like Mm. basically like the popular girls at university but they're in like this cult and they call each other bunny and they like make boys out of bunnies and flesh and the boys kind of don't have genitals and have like weird hands and like it's so messed up but I was like it's such a weird thing to think like a cult could exist and on TikTok I went down a rabbit hole the other day of like people that have like escaped from cults and I was like oh Uh. my god like my mind is fucked but I needed Mm. to see more and Mm -hmm. I feel like it's such a dark topic but yet also like you were saying Hannah like can be quite fun and this film feels like it could be like kind of bringing the fun to cults even in the the darkest (laughs) way possible (laughs) yeah yeah you're so right actually because I think when cults happen in real life obviously they can have uh, horrendous consequences um but it is that it's just it's fascinating because you go would I fall for it would I am I their am I their prime victim am I uh, quote unquote gullible enough whatever whatever it might be that gets you into these cults because they are master manipulators and then uh, interesting like cult leaders all seem to have very like very similar qualities themselves very narcissistic egotistical let's say master manipulators um sex is always involved like uh, sex slavery sexual assault rape whatever it might be um and um I, when i just searched for that film on imdb um the top i put cult in the top hit was like a documentary on the nixium cult uh, which was oh. that guy who um who like um branded yeah. the women in his cult with his initials yeah. and that actress from smallville uh, uh, yeah alison mack from smallville was in smallville the- that's it yeah, they had like a an extra level to the cult yes. where the women yeah, were yeah. branding each other um, <laughs> and yeah, taking like collateral, like nude photos and things like that. So if they tried to leave, oh they would release that. Yeah. It was rough. What rough. It's insane. It's yeah. insane. So That's like your next that, rabbit like... hole, Zoe. That's your next Yeah, rabbit. oh my God. You know yeah. what I'm doing <laughs> literally <laughs> late. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think like, yeah because of those reasons because like when you hear these stories come out of cults like the survivors you've been watching like you just can't believe it's real and um I think like a film okay yeah it it is it's going to be mocking cults to a certain degree it'd be interesting to see how how they do that um but I'm sure there'll be like uh references to those who really like cults be references to other like real life cults um, you know, I'm thinking like Jonestown or Heaven's Gate or like other, all the other ones are kind of like in the pop culture now. Yeah. Um, but I think if that's the final film, that is going to, that I really hope it's the romp I want it to be. Yeah. Putting the fun into fundamental belief system. Oh, Caitlin. Genius. Wow. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't encourage me. This gets me kicked out of things. Um, <laughs> sorry. 
Well, my last film is one that I feel like is also going to be a bit of a romp, bit like kind of bit here, there and everywhere, um, is all jacked up and full of worms, which (laughs) when I heard that title again, mentioned it to my boyfriend and he was like, oh, my God, he was like, I gave him the rundown of the films that we're going to see um, because we're not there for the whole weekend. I've. I've gone for the package where you can select them, build a scare. So I've personally selected all the ones where I think he'll have an awful time because I just love to watch him squirm. (laughs) Um, And I told him this title and I was like, plus it's also screening with shorts called Erotic Insects and Pretty Pickle and Ringworms. And he was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, we are going to go watch lots of wormy stuff. Um, And yeah, it just sounds absolutely... So Mitch called it, and this is my favourite bit of copywriting I've ever fucking seen, was prepare (laughs) to enter the void of LS demented debauchery in this filthy (laughs) descent into invertebrate insanity. I mean... (laughs) That is like the best copywriting I've seen in my goddamn life. Like, and I've worked in copywriting That's for so years. Uh, Smith. <laughs> it's just so good. Um, and it's basically about a maintenance man who is always searching for his latest fix. Um, and he stumbles across a powerfully hallucinogenic worm, which obviously he takes with his love interest. And from there, it just goes fucked up. We've got sex, violence, um, and becoming one with the dirt. And I believe I've seen some <laughs> press stuff of a full-grown man in a worm suit lying on the floor. And I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I want that worm in my life. So, yeah, worms. <laughs> is that not Heidi Klum's... I was going to say. <laughs> Have you seen I, that instead? And- <laughs> It might be that and someone just posted it was like, it's all jacked up and full of work. But I was like, I oh, know I'm on a worm hype right now. And whatever this worm <laughs> trend is, I'm on the worm, worm. trend. Like, Gives I love it. all the worms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, Heidi Klum just dressed up as a worm for Halloween. So if there's been two people who have just dressed up as worms for other, like, for press reasons. That is, like, a weird coinkydink. That is the new, like, <laughs> fall fashion trend, obviously. Like, yeah, Christmas parties are going to be wild. Like, it's just going to be worm <laughs> everywhere. Worm. I mean, are you not wearing worm? See, you... <laughs> like, if you're not all pre-ordered to worm costume, like, <laughs> selling out fast. <laughs> and you're will... look really weird if you're not a worm keeper. <laughs> yeah, you well, can't it... sit with us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll point out as well that, like, Mitch has a wonderful habit of dressing up. Um, he was oh an God, inflatable God. unicorn last year. He's going to um, be a worm. I hope he's a worm. worm. I'll go I mean, WhatsApp him later and ask him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no context, just text. Are, Are you, you going to dress as a worm? worm? <laughs> Are you dressing as a worm? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> uh, I can't stress enough how, like, you do go a little bit mad at a film festival over the course of the weekend like time stops making sense you're in one room a lot you're drinking I think something like all jacked up and full of worms is going to be perfect for that kind of crowd mm. it, again it's one of those ones that I keep hearing about and has kept being at different festivals throughout the year but I always seem to keep missing it and I'm like oh, I really want to 
watch it. So then when Mitch said he had it, I was like, great, I will watch it there. I will save it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to watch something bananas. And when yeah. I read that, I was like, that is going to be weird. And I'm in. And I just want to see something I've never seen before. And I think that film might give it to us. Yeah. yeah and and you know if we're all dressed as worms which now I'm like you know I'm feeling it I am feeling the worm costume <laughs> I could like honest. roll like, this this up and this could make me a worm like this <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate a podcast is sort of visual format so I have just rolled up my roll neck jumper over my head making me look more like a penis but yeah no <laughs> It's a multi-purpose <laughs> turtleneck. <laughs> I think it, it does occasionally get a little bit chilly in that cinema. So, you know, if you do happen to take a turtleneck yes. with you, um, make yes. sure it's oh. a worm-coloured one because then I you're do on theme. Have, yeah, I've got a beige one. I could bring it. Perfect. Just Perfect. That, that is worm colour. That's it. At one worm with dirt, colour. Hannah. At one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is all of the films that we are, I mean, we're obviously looking forward to seeing many others, um, but we would be here all night and we would end up in, I feel like, yeah. some some weird places because we've, we've gotten quite far <laughs> today in some w- weird places. Um, so thank you both for <laughs> coming on and chatting about worms and violence and ghosts <laughs> and um, all sorts of, of things. I feel like the festival is going to be a lot of lot of fun um and we are all going to be yeah getting some drinks in watching some horror and chatting shit afterwards as all film festivals should be about so caitlin hannah thank you so much for joining me before we go i'd love to know from both of you kind of where people can find you um and anything you want to plug so caitlin over to you okay uh you can find me on twitter for the time being depending on <laughs> what's going on on any given day uh at scared cheapless uh i'm also on instagram at scared cheapless blog because scared cheapless was taken who knows what for don't want to think about it um <laughs> and uh yeah i'm catching up on some uh reviews from grimfest um so they'll be being posted sort of hopefully soon um and you can find those on scaredcheapless.com thank you caitlin and what about yourself hannah yeah uh so you can find me on twitter at at queen beast says and instagram and letterbox as at queen beast i don't think i've got anything to plug i've got a few I've got a few articles to write but they're not near publishing so yeah just stick, stick around See, see what I do? I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel the same. I'm like, there is a lot of shit I should be getting on with. And yet I sit on TikTok and watch bullshit all day and then go, why do I not have enough time? So yeah, feel, yeah I, I, I feel you with that. To everyone listening, you've been listening to the Ghouls, Ghouls, Ghouls podcast from Ghouls Magazine. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating on Spotify. Also subscribe and share with any of your creepy friends who might like worms and other things like that. <laughs> you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Ghouls Mag. Uh, head to ghoulsmagazine.com for articles, reviews, editorials, all of that from 
Caitlin, Hannah, myself, and lots of other amazing writers that we have. Um, and if you would like to support a small independent horror magazine, please have a think about becoming a member for just £5 a month or dropping us a donation via Ko-Fi so we can keep bringing you content that is fresher than a corpse. And until next time, <laughs> keep it ghoulish.